As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This time on Dirty Air, Haley Deegan, the up-and-coming 18-year-old racer with big dreams. If I had dream scenario, unlimited budget, <laughs> which no one has. But she does have Ford and Monster Energy in her corner, and she's come a long way in just a few years in a stock car. It was only my second race. I had no clue what the hell I was doing. But she's not scared. I don't get intimidated. <laughs> she just has one thing on her mind. Um, I definitely want to win a race. And she hopes she has what it takes to be different. Not just a female, but a driver that can run up front and uh, be competitive. There's been a lot of females that have attempted to make it up in the sport. And, and now, as she starts her move into the ARCA series with her eyes on NASCAR, she knows this is where the real work begins. I could usually make up for it in driving the hell out of it. <laughs> and I know it's going to get harder and harder going up the ranks. She grew up in a racing family. Her dad is the motocross and X Games legend, Brian Deegan. He's pretty much dad, driver, coach, trainer, um, life coach. <laughs> so she's already experienced in the world of dealing with fame. And I was like, dad, like, I just want to go buy stuff. Like, why are you keeping stopping? Like, put your head down, put your glasses on, let's go. And now a social media star herself with more than a half a million followers on Instagram, that's more than any Cup Series driver, by the way. And from a social media standpoint, is there anything that is off limits for you? Off limits? Not really. Twitter is somewhere you're gonna get eaten alive. I am obsessed with TikTok. That's, okay. that's, that's a bad one. But really, she's kind of just a normal teenage girl. I um, buy too much makeup that I don't need because I'm always wearing a helmet. I just like buying stuff. I love like, having a package delivered to my house, and I'm like, yes, it's like a present. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should get in contact with Amazon uh -huh, as a I know. potential sponsor. Hey, you don't think I've DM'd them already <laughs> asking for sponsorship? Only time will tell if she's the real deal. Okay, I have to go out there and prove that I'm different, that I can get results in. Long term, though, it's winning at every level, being competitive at every level. And if all goes according to plan, a NASCAR Cup Series driver in maybe five years? That's a lot of years. <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm going to be in my 20s. And by then, she hopes... I would love to be the face of NASCAR, yes. I think that's everyone's goal. I'm still figuring that part out. <laughs> so sit back and listen as Haley Deegan lays it all out on her quest to make it as a woman in NASCAR. From the heart of motorsports in North Carolina, the Fox 8 sports team presents NASCAR Dirty Air. Fast friends, dangerous enemies. And now, here's your host, Kevin Connolly, along with the Fox 8 sports team. I'm Kevin Connolly. We're at the Ford Performance Center in Concord, North Carolina, for this edition of Fox 8's Dirty Air, a podcast brought to you by Fox 8. Our special guest is Haley Deegan. Haley, welcome. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about how excited you are for the upcoming season. You have so much on your plate. 
where do we begin? What's what's first for you as we head into 2020? Yeah, so I re uh, just got done racing the IMSA race uh, back at Daytona, the road course. So next right now is the ARC race at Daytona. Okay. And how was the the, the, uh, the IMSA race? It was a lot of fun. I gained so much experience. I was in the car for a really long time. So <laughs> at least it felt like a long time because you're constantly, you're racing so hard and road course racing is a lot more, there's a lot more going on with the shifting, with trying to hit your points every single corner and so many corners on the track. It just makes it a lot more challenging, but it's yeah. fun, definitely fun. Now they have, uh, they have identified the, the IMSA racing as a way to sort of gain you experience mm -hmm. to eventually get you to the NASCAR Cup Series. What were the things that you learned in that race that you can now apply to the ARCA race that is coming up? So I think that coming from dirt racing and the background that I have and learning pavement and stuff, I never really had a lot of road course experience. So road course was kind of one thing that I was missing. Uh, I have raced at Sonoma uh, two times, so I do have a little bit of experience there, but not a ton. So I feel like road course is something that I wanted to better my skills on alongside with the pavement circle track stuff. Uh, but I think that other than that, it's been crazy. I think just trying to gain as much experience in different avenues that try to make me a better driver as a whole for the future. What was the, uh, what was the feeling, what was the thought process when you went in the tunnel at Daytona for the first time? So I've been going to Daytona for a long time. I've been going ever since I was about 13. So uh, I've watched a lot of the Daytona 500. So um, I remember the first time being at Daytona, it's just, it's almost, a, it's a lot to take in. It's a lot of, a lot going on, a lot of people, a lot of drivers that you kind of watched growing up and seeing them in real life. And it was, it was a crazy experience. Mm -hmm. Have you been uh, in a stock car at Daytona yet? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I, so you I, have I, done a test. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I did the ARCA test uh, there with my teammate. So that was a lot of fun. Um, going wide open was something different that I'm not used to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it took a little while to get, uh, to get used to, but I think by the end of the test, I got a good grasp on it. Okay. So you, fit, you really do feel like the test went very well, and that sort of sets the stage for the first ARCA race at Daytona in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I kind of felt how the car handles. I've never had to set up a car while going wide open, so it's a little different when you're not braking and letting it roll, kind of feeling what the car does. So uh, having to go wide open and figure out what the car does throughout the corner, is it's a little more difficult. You have to be a little more precise and mm -hmm. fine-tuning, not so, so much of big changes. So that was a little bit different. Feeling the arrow, different things like that, practicing drafting, those were all new learning experiences mm -hmm. for me. Obviously working with a lot of new people, learning the communication, mm -hmm. you know, they have to learn what you like in mm -hmm. a car. Uh, you have to learn how to give them the mm -hmm. right information to get the car to go fast. How, how difficult a process is that for somebody who is just sort of starting out? It's a work in progress. You're always trying to learn kind of the lingo of everything because I came from the dirt background lingo and how you talk about the car and what it's doing is different than how you do here. So at the first year of uh, racing stock cars like back on the West, that was a little bit difficult for me because I didn't understand the lingo that they were talking compared to what I was saying. And I could always tell my crew chief was confused on what I was saying, mm -hmm. even though I, I knew what I was saying, but he didn't understand what I was saying because it was just almost like a different language. So. Mm -hmm. um, Kind of figuring out where our crossing points are, that's what's been really key. And I know I've raced with DGR in the past a race uh, last season, so they kind of understand my driving style and what I do. So um, the people I'm partnered up with over there are really good. Mm -hmm. uh, in December of 2019, you announced your, your big move mm -hmm. over to Ford. 
um, for the next phase of your career. H how has that been to this point? I mean, obviously, Ford is ready to invest a lot of mm -hmm. money and resources into developing your career. Mm -hmm. So, so how has that relationship? How has that been developing? It's been great. I've actually known a lot of people uh, over here at Ford from my dad's past relationship with them. So it's kind of just rekindling those old uh, relationships and kind of meeting people over again when I was kind of a little girl seeing all them. And now I'm racing for them. So it's been, it's been a great transition. And I think that everyone over here has been super welcoming and super treating me like family and giving me anything that I need um, off the track to make uh, on the track things happen. Mm -hmm. Obviously, racing is a performance business. Mm -hmm. um, but from a realistic expectation standpoint, what would you like to get most out of this particular season? I think the season is consistent, top threes, top fives, constantly being in the front, running the pace so everyone else, not, not hit or misses, being good and not good. Um, I definitely want to win a race, uh, go from there. After I win a race, maybe kind of see where we're at, kind of re- uh, kind of get a game plan down of what we're trying to accomplish, but winning races season's definitely mm -hmm. a gold mine. You know, over the years, NASCAR has, has desperately wanted a, a female driver to, uh, to, to not only be in the sport, but be successful mm -hmm. and to, to win races. Uh, for many years, Danica Patrick was sort of the, the face of the, 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 the female driver in NASCAR. You certainly have been sort of past that torch. Um, what is it going to take sort of for a female driver to really be successful in the NASCAR Cup Series? I know that's a really, yeah. that's a pretty I'm still, difficult I'm still question. figuring out that part myself. <laughs> and I think with having, not having a girl come up the ranks the traditional way through, say it's late models, K&N, trucks, Xfinity, and then Cup, it makes it a little more difficult because everything I'm doing is new and there's no really path set out for me of what I'm supposed to do. So I'm kind of making the path myself mm -hmm. <laughs> and trying to figure out, okay, what's right, what's wrong. Um, kind of in every situation, leaving the bad, taking the good, learning what I can and moving forward from there. And I think that's why it's so crucial for me, not only for my career, but for myself as a driver and my confidence uh, in my driving abilities is winning races at every single level that I go to. And I know it's going to get harder and harder going up the ranks and it's going to be more challenging. So our goals have to be more realistic of what we can accomplish. But I think going up the ranks is just constantly being competitive, being a driver, not just a female, but a driver that can run up front and uh, be competitive. Have you had conversations with Danica Patrick in the past? Not uh, really. No? It was the time of me coming up in the sport and still kind of making my transition into the stock car world is when she was retiring. So we never really crossed paths a ton. So mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of just, I'm doing my own thing right now. Right, totally understand. Obviously you have a, a motorsports background um, w with your dad. Uh, I know he's tremendously important to you mm -hmm. uh, and, and your career. Can you put into words what he has meant for your career? He's pretty much dad, driver coach, <laughs> trainer, um, life coach. <laughs> you name it, he's pretty much it. Uh, chauffeur. <laughs> and so uh, he does everything. And he's, he's the reason why I've been so successful and accomplished things that I've been able to do. Um, being a girl come up in the sport with having, he's held me to such high standards of what I should accomplish and what I can accomplish. And if I work hard, what I can do. You know, it was so fun at your, your Ford announcement. The excitement level that he was experiencing was mm -hmm. it was really it was really cute to watch you know he was in he was sort of over in the background i mean he's a very accomplished in his mm -hmm. own career but he's so excited about 
the possibilities of your career. He was excited about the good content he could video to get on YouTube and <laughs> get the views. <laughs> no, um, I think that having parents be so excited about the kids racing and so he's so invested in my racing and that's something you have to be as a parent. Either it's you're financially invested, time invested, and he's doing everything he can to see me uh, be successful and accomplish things that no one else has done. You've mentioned him as the, the driver coach. What's mm -hmm. the best piece of advice he's given you? And maybe a piece of advice where you say, you know what, maybe that wasn't so great. <laughs> uh, the one advice thing that he would give me growing up uh, when I was racing off-road, and racing off-road growing up through the ranks of that in the smaller kind of, I'd say, what would be kind of the legend car series, um, the startup series of off-road, uh, maybe like K&N, kind of like mm -hmm. the beginner level was go out there and have fun, but remember you're having the most fun when you win, which is true. I was never happy when I got second or third, so I was always a super competitive driver. I never, the weird thing was I never saw myself as different being, a, even if I was the only girl at the racetrack racing, I never saw myself as different. And I held myself to probably a higher standard than most of the guys did. And I was always so hard on myself. And I think that's why I've been able to be successful on the stock car side with what I've done is because my standards have been so high. Sponsorship, so critical mm -hmm. in all forms of motorsports, but especially in, in NASCAR racing. Um, being a female, do you think that gives you maybe an advantage to potentially more sponsors out there who want to get into the sport? That's the thing about being a female in racing, it has its pros and cons. There's always, even if everyone might think it's only a pros, there's always cons. And so I think that there's been a lot of girls to try to come through the ranks and in the past decade or decades, there's been a lot of females that have attempted to make it up in the sport. And a lot of them, and when you're a girl trying to come up the ranks, you kind of get labeled at first until you prove yourself otherwise. Okay. So. That's been a hard thing for me is that, okay, I have to go out there and prove that I'm different, that I can get results and win races, but it's hard for people to take a chance on me without doing those things first. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, I can't do those things unless you take a chance on me. <laughs> and so it's, it's a constant battle I'm having to face, mm -hmm. but I think everyone's facing it in the sport of racing right now. And uh, sponsorship's hard to come by because sponsors want drivers that are different. And every driver doesn't have something different about, about them. And some aren't as unique as others, so it makes it more difficult. But that's definitely, there's people that reach out and want to help me because I'm a girl and sometimes those are the people that you want to partner with. You want to partner with the people who want, who want to see you win. And that's another standard thing is that you want people that hold you to high standard like how you hold yourself. So mm -hmm. I think that there's, it's a constant battle. Mm -hmm. there's, so, there's just so much that, so much that goes into it. Mm -hmm. Have you had like some long-term relationships with sponsors mm -hmm. that are coming with you as you as you cross over to the ARCA series and, and the IMSA racing? Yeah, uh, Monster's been a huge uh, part of my development and they, with my dad's partnership with them, that kind of, I was kind of my dad's kind of side part to the sponsorship and they're like, okay, we're kind of getting like her dad and a little bit of her and my dad was always telling them like, hey, like you need to invest in my daughter, like she's gonna, she's gonna be able to make it, she can, she's gonna be successful and they kind of took that chance on me when not many other people did okay. and so they've been with me for quite a few years um, ever since I was racing trophy carts, won my first championship uh, with their other um, 
drink manufacturers that they have a part of Monster. So I think that as of now, they're one person that started from before I was really anything to developing with, with me through the ranks right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, most teams and, and, and drivers, they have, you know, short-term goals, long-term goals. Mm-hmm. Let's go through the short-term goals first, and then what are your long-term goals? I think short-term right now for this year is uh, getting through these next couple races, kind of getting a baseline of where I'm at and what I want to accomplish this year, seeing the competition, who I'm racing against, because that's a big thing, Um, what teams you're racing against, what other good cars are going to be out there, good drivers. Um, Long-term, though, it's winning at every level, being competitive at every level, because I know, obviously, it's going to get harder going through the ranks, it's going to be harder to win, but partnering with the right people. Um, as of now, I just want to learn as much as I can. And that's the biggest thing is in my development, it's hard sometimes because people, when you get hyped up, and I know that I get attention and spotlight because I'm a girl. And with that, you have a lot of, you have a lot more bad races as a driver than you do good races. You look at any NASCAR driver, you're gonna have a lot more bad races than you do good races. And when you're on top, the only way to kind of go is down. So when you're winning races and then something goes wrong, people are like, oh my God, what happened? But that's the sport of racing. Sometimes you're on top, sometimes you're on the bottom and it just, it goes in waves. And so with the spotlight comes a lot of attention on those bad days along with the good days. All right, from a, from a long-term goal standpoint, mm-hmm. map out the next five years okay. <laughs> for me and everybody. If I had dream scenario, unlimited budget, <laughs> which no one has. <laughs> That's why I realized in the sport of NASCAR, no one has the budget they really need. Yeah. So uh, if I had the goal for this year, it'd be race a few truck races, which I don't have planned out yet. Um, and then next season, 2021, would be racing full-time trucks, maybe two years of that, so 2021, 2022, maybe a few Xfinity races hinted in to kind of get used to it in 2022, um, maybe full-time Xfinity 2023, <laughs> a year or two of that, and then hopefully Cup. All right. That's a lot of years. <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm going to be in my 20s. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're going to be in your 20s. So old. <laughs> okay. Most athletes that I come across, they want everything to happen yesterday. Yeah. How hard will patience be for you going forward in your career? Patience is the hardest thing because I'm a very intense, always have to be doing something person. And so that's why I try to entertain myself and try to keep myself going as much as I can with training off the track, focusing on everything I can to make me a better driver. Everyone always asks me, like, oh, what do you do for fun? What's your hobbies? And I'm like, I like working out, training. If I didn't love racing and if I didn't want to be what I want to do in the future for the rest of my life, I wouldn't be fully invested in it. And it is something that I want to do for the rest of my life, um, for my career. And so everything I do off the track is for my racing. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. On the track, mm-hmm. do you feel other drivers or certain drivers or some drivers treat you differently, race you harder, um, try to intimidate you because you're a girl out on the I don't track? get intimidated. By me. No. I think I'm, I grew up around they try, such, they might try. I, I grew up around such intense guys and like my dad's intense, <laughs> all his friends were intense and the motocross scene is very hardcore and everyone's so 
super in shape, super tough, can take beatings. Like they, and my little brother, he's super tough. Like that kid breaks his collarbone, arms, doesn't cry, doesn't shed a tear. He like legit, the other day, it was a few weeks ago, FaceTimes my dad and he's like, I broke my arm and his arms fully kinked and we're like, oh my God. And he's like, yeah, it's broken. Like, but it's not the wrist, it's just my arm. And so he's like, I'm gonna go to the hospital right now. And those are things that you don't see in the stock car world, people that tough as the motocross world. So I grew up around that scene, the California West Coast scene of that. And so I feel like that's why I don't get intimidated by stock car people. Okay. I don't know. It's just, it was intense growing up around all that. So. All right, so uh, obviously your dad, um, tremendous influence. What's the, what's the funniest moment that you can remember uh, you know, in your dad's career? When, when did you realize that your dad was, was a pretty big deal? I mean, I didn't, see, growing up I never saw myself as different. Like, I always thought I was just a normal kid. Like, it was normal to go to the races. It was normal to have a dad, like, watch your dad on TV and like watch him uh, at X Games and stuff. Like I thought that was normal. Like I didn't see myself, I didn't see it as any different, but I knew he, I knew he had attention and fans and a big fan base as soon as we started, as soon as he'd take me to the mall and we get stopped every 10 feet. And I was like, dad, like I just want to go buy stuff. Like why do you keep being stopped? I'm like, put your head down, put your glasses on, let's go. And so that was something that I started noticing growing up. Um, when you start having people come up to you and be like, oh my God, you're Brian Deegan's daughter. It's like those are cool things that happened yeah. in my childhood. Um, obviously, you have embraced social media. Mm-hmm. Um, you have used it to uh, to generate a lot of fans. Yeah. Uh, but there's good and bad. With oh my god! Media. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you do put yourself out there. You, mm-hmm. you know, and that that that's not easy to do. No, all the time. it's not. <laughs> you get you get eaten alive sometimes. It's okay. <laughs> uh, but one thing I'm starting to realize with social media is that. Twitter is somewhere you're gonna get eaten alive. Um, you get chewed up, spit out right there if you do something wrong, spell something wrong. Like if you say, don't put the comma in your there or even the wrong there as you're spelling it, you get like judged harshly. Like, oh my God, she, that's why she, she needs to go to college. Like she doesn't know, and I'm like, oh my God. And even with being a girl in racing there, it's like people, it's crazy. Social media, there's a lot of good that can come out of it, a lot of good for sponsors, and I've gotten a lot of great sponsor deals because of my social media, And but also there's a lot of hate you get with fans, And but then you have to kind of realize, okay, who are the people supporting you, and who are the people trying to tear you down? And most of the time, the people tearing you down haven't been through what you've been through, so they don't know exactly what it is. But I'm starting to realize that no matter what happens, it's always your fault on social media. <laughs> and whether you're, you get a flat tire because a piece of debris or something, it's always your fault, always the driver's fault. <laughs> from, a, from a social media standpoint, is there anything that is off limits for you? Off limits? Not really. Uh-huh. I mean, I, that's one thing that I surrounded myself with good partners who understand the social media game, understand marketing, and understand the fan base that I have. Uh, Monster's super cool with social media. They love me doing crazy stuff and being myself, and that's something I've kept true to is being real on social media. And I'm almost a little too real, and some of my things blow up, and all of a sudden, like, the next morning, I'll look at my phone, there's articles made about, like, things that I put on my Instagram stories. <laughs> and so that's one thing that's a little a little uh, sketchy sometimes. So you just have to be, you have to know what you're posting and know what your demographic is. Um, 
know what you're trying to show your fans and what you're trying to get out of it. Mm -hmm. Have you have have you ever had you know somebody with one of your teams or bosses say you might want not want to do that? Not really. I mean, everyone understands social media, so that's that's the nice part. But uh, I don't think there's really been any okay. bad situations. Uh, <laughs> Not uh, that I can think of. <laughs> very good. What's uh, maybe what? Tell us one thing that people don't know about you just yet. Mm. I mean, I'm pretty out there on social media. I'm pretty open with everything, so mm -hmm. <laughs> people know a lot about my life uh, lifestyle. <sighs> There's not really anything, I don't know, you'd have to be more specific. Like, okay. I don't All know. Right. I don't know. I'm not, I'm a pretty open person. Like, you can ask me a question, I'm pretty honest. All right. All right. <laughs> what, uh, outside of racing, what are the things that, that you really get into? What's your guilty pleasure? What is it? A, is it The Bachelor? Gu is it, guilty is pleasure. It a, is it a show that you like to watch or what? what is it? I use my like paychecks for racing and like my when I like make my like my money that I make um to kind of feed myself and spend it on gas <laughs> I um buy too much makeup that I don't need because I'm always wearing a helmet so that's one thing that's like I need to stop very bad my bathroom looks like a Sephora store um and I don't know why I do that to myself and waste so much money on it um another one is I am obsessed with TikTok that's, okay. that's, a, that's a bad one. All right. It was to the point, so my guy, like, I don't have many friends. <laughs> so the uh, guys that I hang out with in California, they're like, dude, you got to download TikTok. Like, mm -hmm. all these girls are getting famous on it. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I don't dance. Like, I don't do that. Mm -hmm. And so I just post, like, random fail videos on TikTok. <laughs> and so uh, I, well, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to bed at, like, 10 o'clock. And I'm going to call it a night. Like, I'm going to get a good night rest and uh, sleep good. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, I'm sitting on my phone on TikTok on the Explore page for the next three hours, and I'll go to bed to about 1, 1.30. Oh, That's a bad thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, my, my wife likes shoes. Oh, okay. All right. Are you, are you a shoe are you a shoe person? So that's the nice thing with my Under Armour deal. If I'm ever feeling the need to spend money and go buy clothes, I can log on to my Under Armour account and just like have it for free. <laughs> so that's my one thing that like I can use to kind of satisfy my um, shopping and buying things. I just like buying stuff. I love like having a package delivered to my house and I'm like, yes, it's like a present. <laughs> Maybe you should get in contact with Amazon uh -huh, as a I know. potential sponsor. Hey, you don't think I've DM'd them already asking for sponsorship? I, that's the nice thing about social media when you're verified, have a following. You can use that to your advantage for DMing sponsors. And if you tag someone in your story and they see it and they all of a sudden are like, oh, you want to work out a deal or can we send you some product? It's like presents. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that's one thing that I like about social media. All right, very good. What's the most difficult thing about driving a car? driving a car in a race is it you're so reliant on the setup and I'm now realizing that once you start during the short traction stuff if we had an off day with the car um, if we, our setup wasn't always there I could usually make up for it in driving the hell out of it <laughs> which whether I used up the tires and our we got new tires um, I usually could make up for it a little bit but once you start getting to these super speedways the Daytonas um, stuff like that Talladega's um, you're wide open, so where are you going to make up that time? And it's so setup reliant, and you have to be, you're all, everyone's so close. And so when you're relying on the car as 75%, there's only so much you can do as a driver when you're 
full throttle the whole time. <laughs> is there a uh, is there a driver out there right now that maybe you pattern your style after? Not really. I don't really. I've never really had that one driver that like I looked up to growing up. Like I want to be like this guy mm -hmm. just driving. But one person that I really like how they influence a sport and kind of became the face of a sport is Lewis Hamilton and how on his F1 side, he's made this, made this career out of not just being a driver of how he's a model for brands, how he does so much away from the track that he's almost a, he's like a star, like a Kardashian type thing where he's become so famous off the track that there's some people that don't even know him for his racing, that know him for other deals that he's done. Mm -hmm. So is that something that you want to be? I would love to be a fa the face of NASCAR, yes. I think that's everyone's goal, um, is to be the face of a sport. But I think that that's why I'm trying to be so big into social media and have such a following is that, so that I can have that presence. And I, want to, I definitely want to be something in the future. I want to be known. I want to not only be known for what I do on the track and if I'm able to win at the highest level, that um, everything that I'm able to accomplish off the track too. Which NASCAR driver or drivers has been the most helpful to helpful? you? Helpful? Yeah. Who was kind of said, you know what, I'll, I'm going to give her some advice. I'm going to. Kevin gonna helped help me her. out um, in the beginning when I was starting out KN West. I raced against him at Kern. It was only my second race. I had no clue what the hell I was doing. And that's <laughs> so Kevin Harvin. I was so lost. But that's he Kevin ended up, Harvin. yeah, my teammate ended up hitting him, like putting him almost in the fence. And so then he fell back behind me. And I remember he stayed behind me for a few laps and I was not letting him by. <laughs> and it was, he was on my bumper too. Um, but I remember after that, he, I talked to him before the race and I was like, you know what, like that's, I'm just gonna go talk to him. And I was like, just have a conversation and asked him like, hey, what do you know about this track since I know you've raced here a lot. And ever since then, he was always pretty helpful. Um, there's not been a ton of drivers to reach out. And I'm noticing if I start asking drivers questions mm -hmm. that they're, I know Austin Sendrick's helped a lot with uh, my road course side. He was super, he took me on like a two hour track walk <laughs> when we were at um, Daytona and that helped me a ton. Chase Briscoe has been super helpful, but I haven't really had a bunch of drivers want to necessarily like coach me. Mm -hmm. So. Either way, gotcha. Ford's had a lot of great people, though, um, that I'm able to work with. Um, my spotter actually raced on the K&N West Series, won a championship, or a couple there. And so he, he knows all the kind of the traits of everything, so he's been helping me a ton. Mm -hmm. what, what's your, uh, what do you like in a car? What, what's the thing that's like, Speed. You know what? <laughs> wow. Don't we all? Anything. <laughs> and just fast. We like grip and fast. <laughs> How do, you, how do you get that? How do you make that happen? I'm still figuring that part out. <laughs> so that comes with setup, it comes with time, um, comes with knowing, it's experience. It's doing something and then realizing, okay, that's the right thing, um, that's good. How do we repeat it? And trying to figure out when you win, what did you do to win? What's the system? What fell in place to make that happen? Mm -hmm. From an attention standpoint, um, is, has anything been too big yet for you? So that's the thing that it's a little difficult because I went to the IMSA series to kind of get undercover <laughs> experience. When do you, where do you ever go? I know, undercover? I know, I know, I know. That's, that's a hard thing when you're so, when you're trying to be 
a figure in the racing world to get sponsors. So I'm trying to be this figure that brings attention, brings fans to the sport so I can get sponsors to race. But also there's certain times when I'm like, kind of put the spotlight over here and let me like practice so I can get some better experience and learn since I'm still at the development part of my career. And no matter what, during those times, the attention's on you. So that makes it a little difficult. It's a lot of pressure. Um, racing the IMSA series, I was like, okay, I'm gonna get some like undercover road course experience. Next thing you know, day of the race, go on my phone. It's like the front of Yahoo Sports. So I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so I was like, you know what, screenshot, repost. <laughs> I was like, this one will get likes and comments and stuff. It's good motivating. It's always good to have motivating things around you. And I think that's something about having attention and having people do articles about you, make videos about you, post about you. Um, even having people with bigger names reach out, it's a motivator to keep doing what you're doing and accomplishing your goals. Mm -hmm. Very good. Well, Haley, thank you very much yes. for the time. I appreciate <laughs> uh -huh. it. Thank you. Be best of luck, not only this year. Thank you. But in the next in few years. In the next years. five years. That's right. <laughs> trying that's to accomplish. Right. <laughs> yeah, thanks awesome. for having me. Great job. Thanks for listening to NASCAR Dirty Air. Follow us on myfox8.com. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.